then the next big moment was because, and I mean, you, this was almost a given. It's gonna be slipping, and the reason it was slipping was because, I mean, there's there's a plethora of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, the the feeling of when we made it in the studio, like the the powerfulness of that moment, um, was that was incredible. The story, the story of how I made it. You know, the trip there, everything. And then well, the the giganticness of it, like to the point where I'm in my apartment on North Broadway. I'm watching like BET. It's all, it's all on BET, like number one, you know, on the countdown. And mm-hmm. then I put on MTV and it's number one on TRL. <laughs> and then I turn it off and the guy upstairs from me is knocking it. The guy that lived upstairs from me is knocking it. I'm like, oh, my God. Then I go to my, this is a true story. Then I go to my car. You know, when a record's hot, it's hot. Right. I go to my car and I put on Z100. Z100. Yeah. And they're playing it. And that was like, you didn't hear X that much on Z100 at that time, you know, like. Right. It was crazy. That's so, nuts. That's nuts. Yo, Rick, yo, Rick, you know what was crazy? Like, now, if he's saying it's crazy for him, how do you think, how do you think, I felt, you know, yo, wreck. We did that joint. We did that joint. Um, we yeah. did that on Biggie Smalls' beat, Juicy. Mm. A long time ago, we did Slipping because yeah. Slipping was doing. Uh, with Shock, when it came out, Shock, it was the second album, so that came out when ninety. It was ninety eight, but it was like the end of ninety eight, like the last week of ninety eight. So you could mm. almost say ninety nine because it was the last week of ninety eight. Okay, 99, yes. So imagine we did that in 1990, right? (laughs) So just to hear that, like we could never find a beat for it, so we always used Juicy. So every time we performed it, we used Juicy back then. So remember, um, for the people that don't know, Shock, Shock got the first single off the second album, which sold the whole album. We didn't even have to do another video. Slipping sold the whole album. Now, you would yeah. think a second album, like, okay, where's the, the first album was killing it. Second album, where's the videos? Slipping. It was Slipping in one other video that sold that album. Yeah, I think they did the one with Drag. Yeah, same year, right? Yeah. Same year, two albums. Uh, that was crazy, man. I yeah, didn't know yeah, what man. to do. Now, and, uh, yeah, it, and yeah, even, even to go in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. I didn't hear you. Well, let's do this because you know we all are artists in some kind of way. Whether DJ, uh-huh. I'm, I'm an MC. So, mm-hmm. like, what was that feeling like? You understand what I'm saying? We we need to. You know, give us yeah. that visual of you first heard it. Like, what did it do to your your mental state, your body? Like, cause right, it, and then a record of that magnitude. Like, give us that visual. It's it feels weird. It feels like crazy. It's like it it just doesn't make sense. Like, it feels like it's a lot of feelings at once. Tell you the truth. It's like mm. a plethora of different emotions at the same time. Like, like disbelief a little bit, like, damn, like how, you know what I mean? It's a little disbelief. It's like a little bit of like, it, of course, excitement. And like, um, also 
validation because like for example uh, a lot of people spoke against me doing the deal I did with with Rough Riders a lot, uh, I left a job at the city where I was I was making you know I mean at that time it was a it was a good living for like a 20 something year old kid I was making like 60 something thousand a year mm. so it was like I and I actually all the people I worked with cuz I was there for 5 years and I had I had the studio and I worked there at the same time. Like I would do eight hours there and like eight hours at the studio. I did that for years. And basically they were all like, you crazy. You're going to sign with this company. I only got $2,500 from them to sign. Mm. And and my and everybody was like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? You're leaving this good job and you're just going to jump in. And I was like, at that point in my life, I had been doing music my whole life. And I had this sense of like that they were about to go on this run. And I just instinctually, you know, I just was like, this doesn't happen all the time. It's probably never going to happen again. And I felt like it was, it was, it wasn't like, I don't feel like it was irresponsible because I was very knowledgeable about the business and the game. And, and I studied it since I was a little kid. And I felt like it wasn't like a gamble because I was like, if this does if it didn't work, I wouldn't have even beat myself up because it made complete sense that it would. And and the thing about to connect that to slipping is I signed, it took a few months to like do the contract, and I signed, and then that very next week I went out to work on slipping. And as soon as I got off the plane, I went straight to the studio and did slipping. Like that same night, I didn't even go back to, to, to where I was staying. That very night, I had my, my suitcase, went to the studio. And just to solidify what Superior said, because I don't know if you know, if you know this, but how, how he had the lyrics, they had been apparently for nine years looking for the right beat. Yeah. Because when he heard that beat, he was like, he started, he, he mouthed a little bit of it. And then he just looked at me and he said, he was like, lay that. And when I, I laid it and he did everything in one take, which means he knew that like it was that those lyrics were like a part of him already. Like it wasn't like something he just did. You could, he did it. And when he did it, like you could feel it in the session, like his uncle came in, like people like feeling the, the, like the vibe. Yeah. The power, the vibe, the like, like, wow, this is like something special, you know? And, um, you know, so, yeah, the, the feeling was great. You know, it was, it was, you know, some people say it's luck. Somebody commented once on a post and they were like, you, you just got lucky. But when you hear, when you know me and you know my story, it's like, I did, a, I mean, I, I released before, before even, you know, my first re releases in 94, on Sony Continuum, my first record, which is with Cool Keith, Melly Mel, Godfather Don, and Raw Breed. So, like, I've been doing this, like, before that. Mm. And they're like, yo, it's luck. But it's not really luck because it's part luck. I'm not going to say it's no luck. It's part everything. It's part luck, part in the right place at the right, right time, part taking the right risk, part also being prepared having the, the the music ready when 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 the moment came i mean because i could have come off that plane unprepared and been like yo i need a beat machine i right. came off that plane with a dat with like 40 joints selected specifically for for this trip 
Mm. Not, you know, I had way more than that, but this was like 40 aimed at X. Gotcha. I want to see this, though. Um, producing a record like that, I know it puts you in a different um, space, like, kind of like right away because it was so big. Um, name some of the people that reached out to you, I guess, for for beats and production, or, or I know maybe other deals came about, but you was already signed to Rough Riders, correct? Yeah, so this is where it's going to get a little controversial because the, if I'm going to tell the true story here today, the truth is not that many people reached out to me, hardly any, I'm not, and I'm not going to say that they didn't, wow. but I didn't know about it. Mm. At least, at least. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I can't give you a true answer. But all the other outside placements I got, and even the inside ones, took mad hustle, mad work. You know, I, I got with Pun completely separately, Buster separately, like not necessarily, you know, there was one time I hung out with, with Buster and Swiss, but I had already been putting the work in with his road manager and we had already been down at his studio. So it wasn't like a thing where like I did this record and people just started calling me more. It was more of a thing where if I wanted to try and open the door now, it would open. Cause I, I would be like, come, I'll be like, yo, I want to play beats for so-and-so. And they'd be like, I'm like that. I'm, you know, shocked from rough riders. I did slipping for X. They're like, Oh shit. Okay. Come through. So it wasn't like they were running for me. Especially because people only run after, in my opinion, not unsung heroes. They run after people who are in the spotlight, who who are being projected as these big guys in production. Or then the people run after them because they have this like brand, and then they'll be like, "Yo, I need a joint from so and so," you know? Because a lot, a lot of even in my in my company where I was with Rough Riders, there were there were records I did that people thought someone else did. They thought Swiss did some of those records just because Which record? of the, like you... specifically spit these bars is probably the, the main one that people thought he did. Mm. And, and that was, you know, he's on the hook. Yeah. And, um, yeah so he's in the video heavy. So it's not like a, a far fetched thing to be like, Oh, he did it, you know? So, but, but it's not like in the company, they will, they would be go out of their way to be like, no, hold up that shock. You know what I mean? Kind of like if you see, I have a video on my um, timeline, which I love because Drag On is doing an interview. I think it's with Vlad. And he's talking about Spit These Bars. Yo, that beat was crazy. And he's like, who, who did that? A Swiss? And Drag is like, no, nah, that's shock. That's shock. And it was dope because it's like me and Drag made that. You know what I'm saying? It's like that was a, that was a dope moment. I remember him writing in the room. I remember he was on some like vibe where he was trying to do kind of in my opinion like kind of a biggie thing kind of vibe the way when as i heard him do it and i was like oh this is dope because drag was doing different stuff on other records at that time and when he spit that type of flow on there it was like kind of dope because he was you know he was like dun, 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 and it wasn't the dun, you know kind of vibe you know what i'm saying it was a little different so it was kind of dope and you know it it's it's unfortunate um but it's par for the core, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know, that's how, that's how it works. I want to say this though. Um, how many units did that record eventually? So like wind up selling. Well, spit these uh, bars. 
No, um, Slippin'. Slippin' sold the album to about four million copies. Yeah, and the single one, one went single. platinum. And the single was platinum? Yeah. Yeah, the single mm-hmm. was platinum, but the album did four, and that was without... Like I said, the second video that was done, it was a hype single, but it didn't carry the album. Slippin' carried the album. Got you. Now, Shock, at this time, so you didn't have a publicist? No, no. I I, I kind of tried to do that. See, it was, it was a very weird situation because by nature, I don't necessarily like the spotlight. And so I'm not like someone who's going to like chase it exactly. Because I, I love being in my my love. As you can see, you know, I, you know, like, I don't know if you can see, but like in the corner, or like on the other side, that's me playing the drums by the speaker when I'm a little kid. I've always just loved music. Like I'm 47 and I'm as excited right now about ideas in my head for these beats I've been doing lately as I was when I was 16 in my cousin's room. Yes, sir. You know, and I'm super appreciative of that Mm -hmm. because I know that some people go their whole life just trying to find one thing that they like, you know, and that makes them feel excited like that. So like, there's been times in my life when I hated it because of the business, but as I matured and I, I learned to take things more in stride and be like more on a Zen vibe where I don't get mad about stuff and I'm just I go with the wave instead of try to go against the wave. Right. And 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 as I grew, now I embrace that more, and and I see it as like a, a beautiful thing to just be so excited. So like because I'm like that it's easy to take advantage of somebody who would rather be in the studio anyway and other people who would rather be out parading, showing themselves and putting their arm around people and, you know, doing that whole thing. Like me, I'm in heaven. You put me in the studio. I'm like, I just need to sleep, eat, Mm -hmm. take breaks to get my mind back again, like go away somewhere. And then you put me back and then I'm like, yes, I'm back. You know, it's like, that's my whole desire. So, so okay. for the record, I'm a, this is my last question on slipping. For the record, you said DMX did that record in one take, correct? Yes. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Man. I laid the, That's I crazy. kid you not, I got off the plane, went to the studio. Right away, I saw, I saw Swiss and he was like, you got joints. For, I was like, of course. He was like, all right, I'm going to get X. I put the dad in. He picked it. I laid the beat. As soon as the beat was laid, he was like, you laid it? I was like, yep. They had it up on the board. He went in the booth, and he did one take, doubled, did whatever he had to do, did, did the whole thing. And then there was, there was um, gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but the, the woman who did the, the background vocals on, on the chorus, she was actually like in the lounge at the time. And, and then she came and she did the, did that. She was on American uh, Idol too. I can't remember her name. I feel bad about that. But anyway, she she went and she you know she did that like immediately, and the whole record was being was done that night. And then the next day when I came in, me and Rich Keller we mixed it and and it was done like immediately. And I and I had just stuff was still you know like I, I was still not even settled in. Like I just got there. Well, let me ask you this though too. Um, was that a sample? Yeah, yeah, that's a sample. That's um, what was that? that's Moonstreams by Grover Washington Jr. 
and mm. it's it's uh actually the you know I'll even give away you know what made me look into Grover Washington Jr. Yeah. Um, there's a record called Hydra that um, Black Moon sampled for how many MCs, mm. and it's Grover Washington. Wow. So I love that beat so much. It was one of my favorite beats, like in that in that during that time. And I used to listen to the instrumental, you know, shout out to Evil D. And That's I was like, damn, this is fire. And I was like, I wonder if this guy has other stuff. So then when I went to the record stores and stuff, or, you know, if I, I would go to a lot of used furniture stores to get the records for cheap. And if I saw Grover Washington, I would pick it up. And so I had like maybe five or six of his albums by that time. And that particular one, uh, I was like in a in like a funk, like I was kind of in like a depression, not knowing what I was going to do. You know, that like yeah. part of that early 20s where you're like, what am I going to do with my life kind of thing? Yeah. And, I, and I was like not, I was like, you know, like not showering, like just feeling like crap. And that's when I made that beat. And, and that's probably why I took, because when I heard the, the feeling of the, you know, like of that loop, it just fit me so well at that moment. And then I actually used the snare from Hydra on the same album and then I just I put it together with the kick I, I always I always used there was like four kicks that I that I kind of always used so he wanted to do that so bad man cause we we right um, the thing was he wanted to answer a lot of questions cause the first album was so successful and it was still moving mm -hmm. and he started working on the second the second one was that was only six months after, because he put out the first one, it was in May, and then the second one came out in December. Yeah, because somebody thought he couldn't do it. Somebody thought he couldn't do it. They were like, I bet you can't do it again. And he's like, why not get do it right now? You crazy? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. You got you got. Yo, if they ever do a cartoon, we got the voice. Yeah, exactly. what I say, so. <laughs> so, stop. Let's, let's clear the air. So Slippin' production was inspired by Black Moon, how many MCs? Definitely. In a, In a sense, definitely, because that, you know, when, when you, when you, when you, you know, like, when you're digging through crates, there's a couple different things that, or elements that you use. Covers. You know, if it, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for a dope cover. Like if I saw like a psychedelic cover that looked crazy and it was like fusion and, and I would just buy it. I would tell the truth. Like, I don't know what the hell it is. I'll just buy it because I, I knew they would have some weird sounds, at least even if they didn't have a dope groove, they would have some weird sounds that I could like put in intros and stuff. So I would always do that. And the other thing was once I found artists that I liked or or musicians that I liked or something. I would look at credits and be like, "Oh, this 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 guy's on here, or or this drummer's on here." I always like his stuff, and so similarly, like with producers, like if someone does a dope record and they they pull out a certain artist, that's gonna make me be like, "Damn, I want to hear that guy's whole collection." Because the the truth is, it you know, there's a certain vibe that um, that certain artists have, and if they're good and they're dope chances are they're going to have some more fire in, in there. So uh, nah, that's, that slipper record was powerful, bro. Yeah. Thank you, man. And, and I just want to thank you for, for actually creating that, man. At the time for me, I was still in the, in the streets. I'm, I'm a calm reserve man now, but at the time, 
Shit, I'm, I'm, I got to have a brand new Durango jewelry, drinking a lot of Henny, messing with a lot, you know, a lot of women at the time. And I'm, I'm in the hood. I got my, I got some dudes over here. They might be smoking. No, some, some, no weed, crack, niggas hustling. She's doing this. This is just the environment at the time that record came out. So for us, it just fit right in. So it's like, and I just lost my man at the time. So wow. I'm sitting there drinking, listening to this, and I'm banging the song in the, in, the, in the Jeep. And I'm like, damn, yo, I'm not even entitled to all this stuff that's happening. You're not entitled to this female you're about to call and go smash just because you can do it. You know what I mean? So I'm having one of them moments where I'm really checking myself. So it can't, and that song was a pivotal moment for that. So I, I salute you and thank you thank and thanks for that, man. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, Salute, I mean, you like, Salute, it's, it's, thank you. Thank you. It's very humbling, like, you know, to, mm-hmm. to meet people. I've gotten emails, you know, from people like from like the other side of the world of how that song got them through something. I've I've had people just like embrace me. Right. Like find out I made the song and just give me a tight hug. Yeah. So it's like it's it's very humbling and you know, I can't take you know, like I take credit for my work and, and everything, but there's a, a a God part of that. There's a there's a universe part of that that yes. I could never recreate. Or I feel like somehow that happened, and it wasn't like for me or necessarily just. It wasn't just for me and X. It was actually something beautiful that was actually for a lot of people. Yes, and that's why even though I've had trouble collecting my money to this to this day on on that record, mm-hmm. but even though that that happens. Hold, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. You can't just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, listen, I've been, I've been trying uh, for many years. Where you know, we we've been in court a long time. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. Mm. This stuff is very slow. Uh, I have great, great attorneys, um, and and they've they've done a great job. But these things take time. Like what what people don't understand. Like people might look and be like. Man, you've been going for that forever. Most people give up because of this. Like yeah. it, it literally. Like I'm not exaggerating. The most basic thing can happen in court, and it takes the judge, you know, <laughs> five months to enter it into the case. Like what I'm trying to tell you is like the most basic. Like okay, we're gonna go from A to B. No, not nothing that determines anything. We're just gonna go from A to B. That's five months you got to wait. Then when he puts it in, then they schedule with you for the next time you come. So it's not uh, rare to show up in a whole year, two times, three if you're lucky. And and then keep in mind how slow things happen. So now you got year, 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 year. And, and you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's how some some it's, it's really like something that is it's in the hip hop community. It's something that is accepted. You know, we, we do these deals. We People don't get paid for their work. And then they don't make a lot of noise about it because they don't want to get shunned. They don't want to get blackballed, which basically that's a big part of the reason why, you know, my work slowed down years, you know, years later. Um, because when you speak out against the system and what people do, you know, it puts you in a weird position. It's like some people, it's their mentor. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm suing the person that put them on. Mm. So it's like a weird situation. It's like imagine if I was suing like just let's take it out of business. Let's let's say if I was suing you like your best friend or like 
your your brother or your sister or something like just by nature i can't really i if i like you and i'm cool with you and we got history i'm not gonna hate you i'm gonna give you a pound but i can't really mess with you too much because it's a weird situation like and you still eat with that person you know well let me so, say this and this is M. Rex speaking, and I speak uh-huh. on Sung Heroes, and, and, and I love the name of this show. So shouts to um, DJ Moschino and DJ Superior. Um, how do you not pay the producer, a.k.a. DJ Shock, on slipping? Like, I don't understand that. Like, that's somebody you got to say. Yo, dog, just let me know what we owe you. Let's let's clear that tab. You would think, yeah, you would think, let's and I tried, and I tried to do it that way many times throughout the years. I tried to do it many wow. times. Like I didn't want to do it through court because it's you know it's it's just such a hassle. It's you like who wants to do that? Like I, there's a scripture that says it's a proverb. I think and it, it, it's in proverbs. I think it says that if you can settle your dispute with the other person on your way to court, do it. It's better than going before the judge because you never know what's going to happen. Right. And I'm question on that, not to cut you off. Cause uh-huh. I got to say this. I got to yep. say this. Did you ever speak to DMX about not getting your right? No, to never did. 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 Never did.